0: Hey everybody, this is To the Well, a podcast from UNC Chapel Hill students about the intersections between faith, reason, and culture. I'm Brody Heggenbotham, one of the editors for To the Well, and today I'm speaking with Trent Brown, who leads worship at a popular ecumenical worship night called Tuesday Night Worship. Worship is a profoundly strange thing that people do, and if your brain is anything like mine, you may have paused during a worship service to think, what are we all doing? We're a bunch of people singing at the ceiling, ostensibly to a God whom we cannot even prove is there, and yet somehow who we know is there more than we know anything else in the world. Trent talks to us about worship as an inner moment with God, where all the chaos of life is silent. I hope you find this helpful and true, no matter what theological or church background you come from, and no matter how your particular church or tradition practices worship. So welcome, Trent, with me, and I hope that today's episode
1: is edifying for you. So, Trent, how are you doing? Doing pretty good. It's uh, rainy and cold, but we're, we're, uh, we're warming
0: here. Yeah, we're <laughs> in the battle house, and so just the warmth of love and support is all around us. Um, so your article is about worship, um, and I was just going to ask you, when, when did leading worship become a reality for you?
1: Yeah, so my freshman year of high school, um, became friends with this guy named Tucker and he, he's a really good guitarist for like a 15 year old. And and now he, um, studies jazz guitar at Western Carolina. But, um, yeah, he, I went back to his house one day and he taught me how to play a few chords to a Bonnie Vare song. It's a good place to start. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. On his like grandpa's like 1970s Yamaha acoustic,
0: man. That, yeah. And that was before Bonnie Bear was like huge. Yeah, that
1: was that was the first Bonnie Bear album. So that was like what,
0: what a hipster moment. Yeah, not exactly. <laughs> it's old Yamaha, it's yeah, like Bonnie Bear wearing
1: like a beanie.
0: That's awesome.
1: Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I uh, that was that was the first semester of freshman year, and then that Christmas I got a I got an acoustic guitar. It was a Fender like 200 bucks and i learned how to play chords for a couple months and i could basically just play whole notes i had like no rhythm in my body at the time i still don't really but um yeah and i my my basketball coach from middle school who i was still pretty good friends with invited me to go to his church in whiteville about 20 minutes away from where i stayed i hadn't gone to church in probably like two years um just because of like a bad experience at a at a prior church, um, and he knew that, and he he wanted, he was kind of like a mentor for me, and he wanted, yeah. he wanted to get me and back in the faith, kind of show me like what a, what a church that loves everyone is about, um, and what a good community can be like. So yeah, I went to this church, and I remember they were playing. Well, I don't remember what the first like three songs were, but the last song, of the service was how he loves. Hmm. And I'd never heard that song before. Yeah, and it like completely changed my life. Yeah, um, yeah, and it like like really broke me a little bit. Um, and I like cried that day. Um, it's like a really big change of heart, but I was the worship band was amazing. Um, worship leader Nate, was just an an awesome guy who's like incredibly talented. Yeah, it, it. I immediately knew that I wanted to. I wanted to like try to get in that band. Um so I think like I went for like the next two Sundays and um I finally like got the courage to to walk up and ask after church. Um even though like I wasn't that good, but they like let me play a little bit and you know thought that it might be fun to just let me join. Um yeah, so that was that's going on like 8 years now.
0: Wow, that's awesome. So when you first started, kind of taking to the stage and and leading worship, what would you say was the condition of your faith and your relationship with God? Like those first few times doing that.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. It was in such a like a time of transition for me, um, where I was going through like a lot of like mental like 14, 15-year-old problems, Um, and I didn't know how to cope with any any of (laughs) them, Um, and yeah, I just, I knew that there was like a a really big hole in my heart, Um, and when you're 15, you think that you can fill that with girls, which I pretty quickly figured out was not true, Mm -hmm. but um, I, I just really like attest worship to being the thing that, that brought me to God and, and, you know, I don't like, I don't know what God's plan is for me, but I, I think that, you know, that was kind of his idea for me, um, was that I was going to be in that church when they were playing that song. And like, mm. I was going to learn guitar like right before it. Um, yeah, it was really just molding me. And like, I, I it, it, forced me to go to church because mm-hmm. um, I mean at the time like even though I knew there was kind of like something going on in my in my heart like I I really wanted to be in that band because I thought that it was just awesome um, so like it, it was kind of the vessel that that like moved me into mm-hmm. God's place mm-hmm. um, yeah and I I started going for a while and I, I got saved there and
0: wow yeah it was So talk to me a little bit about the dynamic of being kind of a brand new Christian, wrestling through the truths of the gospel while you are um, maybe not like leading worship, Mm -hmm. but as part of this musical team who's leading the congregation in worship. And so you're, you're kind of thrown into... You know, this position of of leadership and of like ushering people into the presence of God when, you know, you're still wrestling with what the presence of God even means. And talk to me about what that was like and how you experienced
1: that. Um, Yeah, I mean, if there's 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 no better way, in my opinion, to like force someone to see the presence of God than to put them on a worship team yeah. when they don't really know it. So, okay, um,
0: bring it to everyone else. You, know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, you need yeah. to be so in the presence of God that everybody else feels it too. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, like it's, it's a funny way to put it, but that's, that's exactly what happened. Is like, you know, through me getting up on stage and like, I specifically remember not knowing how to play a G-sharp minor. And the guy was just like, showed me how to play a bar chord for it. Wow, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was like, I literally didn't know anything. Yeah. I knew how to play like Gs and stuff. G-sharp minor is such
0: a <laughs> scary sounding guitar. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I play yeah. like the tiniest bit of guitar, <laughs> and that is just so far from anything I would want to do.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I didn't own a capo at the time, so it was all <laughs> bar chords. Wow. Um, yeah, so what? I, what I quickly saw was like the power that a song can do on a person's heart. Mm. And the way I've, I've seen it for a while now is that like in a, in like a normal Sunday service worship is, and and this is actually something that Nate, the the worship leader there really harped on us. And it, it made like an impact on me that like 30 to 40 minutes of worship at a contemporary church is that Mm. um, is, is the breaking point, like the transition between the outside world and coming in yeah. to God's presence and like kind of forgetting everything around you. Wow! And like I, I realized that pretty fast because I mean when people would start singing and like, you know, even when the band's playing, like you're not, you you completely forgotten. Mm. What's going on in your life? They're, yeah, you're not worried about like your school at the time. You're not worried about like any financial problems. You know. At some point in those four songs, like if if the worship band is doing what they're supposed to do, yeah, um, you're gonna forget about that, and you're just gonna like repeat some words about you know how much God has done for you, and eventually it's gonna break your brain from everything and just yeah. kind of like put you in God's hands for you know yeah. now.
0: I love that idea of the, this cultivation of this inner space, because um, when you think about the way that God has set up and revealed His relationship to humankind, it's is it's all about this. There's this inner space where where you know we and God can be together, um, and it's it's closed off from the clutter and the chaos. And um, I mean, I think about like the Genesis narrative the creation of the world and it's this cultivation of this inner space this garden you know where the chaotic waters have been separated and there's this space for God and humanity to be together and then in temple imagery or tabernacle mm-hmm. imagery there's this you know holy of holy places where in this moment a, a priest can be in union with God in like the presence of God in a really powerful way and yeah, you're right. You're not thinking about your financial problems or, you know, how many goats you have to milk later. I don't know what Israelite (laughs) problems were, but, uh, yeah, it's just that cultivation of this, of this inner space where you can be with God in a transcendent way. Um, and I love that. I love that picture of worship. Um, because I'm, I'm somebody, I'm my, my kind of engagements with the world tend to be really analytical and like, like uh, overthought, <laughs> and you know I'm a big overthinker, and so sometimes I've been in moments of worship where I'm just like, "What are we doing?" Like yeah. I you just look around, there's <laughs> all these people just singing at the ceiling, yeah. and and I tend to to overthink things um, because, like, I mean, you talk a little bit about this in the art in in your article, but um, the idea that when we worship, it's not just about finding the perfect mix on your soundboard mm-hmm. and finding. Um, the perfect instrument and the perfect tonal qualities um, and like creating this good like emotional connection with music because all musicians do that Mm -hmm. you know whatever genre and whatever you know they don't need any connection to the Holy Spirit to do that Um, Yeah. but when when we enter into worship it's much more than you know just this like oh let's all put on some good music and feel good for a little bit it's you know we're creating this inner space to be close to God so um would you talk to us a little bit about how you, um, how you kind of toe the line of the um, just aesthetic and, and mechanical side of worship with um, the other? Because you were talking, we I mean, talked before about yeah. like, you know, playing on your first fender and, yeah. you know, learning to use a capo and like, there's a lot of these technical dynamics to worship, um, but how do you not lose this idea of that inner space with God yeah,
1: that's a good question. Um, I don't want to sound like I use crappy equipment. I don't yeah. really care about the music because it's. I mean, obviously the music has to be good. Yeah, and that's like it's like what you do. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I'm not going to act like you know my Martin didn't cost like eighteen hundred bucks. Yeah, so. right. Um, it's kind of remembering, you know, it, it's fine to bring that that like two thousand dollar guitar, that really nice drum set. To worship, like I don't, there's there's nothing intrinsically wrong with that. Mm. It's it's forgetting that like, or it's it's not forgetting. It's it's kind of moving your brain away from like that's the important thing at the time. Right. Like I, I don't know. I, I don't. You know, when we do sound checks, like at any place that I've ever led worship, I've always just kind of given the bare minimum and like let's move it on because yeah. I don't like it's it's important to an extent. But I want to go ahead and get to like, to like leading the songs, and you and you have to obviously like, be good at the music. Otherwise, people are gonna focus on that. Yeah. Um. Because it's really hard to like make people forget about the world when you're not playing the songs right. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, but there, yeah, there's a, there's a really like thin line, um, in, in modern worship. Where we've got like big stages and full bands and everything,
0: light shows. shows. Yeah, light shows.
1: Um, of where, like, while I'm doing this, am I thinking about, you know, like I serve an awesome God, and I hope that every single person that's hearing this song right now knows that as well, and is like forgetting about everything else, and is is like having a moment with God right now through the mm-hmm. song. Or, I can't wait to play the solo coming up. Like, yeah. I love the lick in this song. Right, right. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I'd say that's it. Like, it's just... Which, thankfully, most worship music is pretty simple chords. Because yeah. so that kind of keeps you... Yeah, yeah. That keeps you down most of the time. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, there's a lot of modern worship music now that, like, has crazy solos and stuff. And people want to do those when you yeah. play those songs in full bands.
0: They get so caught up in it that they just forget yeah. what, what they're there for. So, tell me a little bit... About, um, I mean your own experience, and then like what you would advise to um, like younger or newer worship leaders who are trying to learn to do the mechanical, technical side of things mm-hmm. well. You know, trying to learn their chords and and um, learn proper breathing techniques for singing or whatever else. How do you get really good at that and and practice that without losing the kind of awe-inspiring presence of God that, that, you know, reminds you why you're there.
1: Yeah. Um, what I would say is like, don't worry too much about like your rhythm pattern, mm-hmm. like your, your strumming pattern when you're leading worship. Yeah. Like
0: it's the point where it should come second nature. And
1: Yeah, exactly. And then yeah. that happens when you play more guitar. I mean, yeah. Because at first it's like pretty tough, unless yeah. you're just like a natural. Yeah. But like a lot of times, especially when I've got like another guitarist or something and, I, and I'm leading the song, like I'm not even worrying about what I'm doing on guitar. Like I know I'm doing it right, but I might just like play a whole mm. note and then like get back to it in a minute. Like I, I kind of yeah. just forget about the guitar. Like the guitar's going to be fine while yeah. I'm doing it. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I think that's the, the most basic thing to understand as a worship leader is, is that you should you should go ahead and figure out what you're going to do before Sunday.
0: You don't need to think about technique.
1: Exactly. So yeah. Sunday is just like, all right, I'm 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 singing these songs with purpose instead of like, crap, how does the chorus go? <laughs> yeah. You know, um, that was very important for me to understand. Like, don't, even though you think, like, I have a pretty good memory, don't rely on that, like, work on it at least the day before for like an hour, Hmm. you know, work on your songs, make sure you've got it so that when you come in on Sunday, you can do your sound check and your practice before the worship starts and then you don't have to worry about it anymore.
0: Yeah. And thinking about the role of a worship leader as, you know, this ushering people into the presence of God and, and kind of like revealing God's heart to people, just like it was to you when you were in freshman high school, thinking about that makes that Seems so much more important because I mean I've heard that from musicians and worship leaders before. Like I'll oh, make sure you know the songs before you come in, but like that just sounds like something that adults say, you know. Yeah. Make sure you <laughs> but when you think about it as something is, you know, your role for this people is to show them God's presence in a powerful and glorious way. Like that makes you feel so much more responsibility to be able to like focus on bringing the presence of God rather than these these chords and stuff. So um you lead worship with Tuesday night worship, mm-hmm. um at Chapel of the Cross, which is, you know, this incredible old cathedral that's <laughs> definitely haunted.
1: In um, an Episcopalian church. Yeah,
0: it's a beautiful thing. So tell me a little bit about how you got involved in that and what that experience has been like.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of a funny story. I came to UNC um on move-in day. Um, Josh Ferguson from Summit was helping like random students move in it was Mm -hmm. him and uh, and Woody we talked for a minute and I told them like I'll I'll lead worship and stuff and uh, they invited me to come to Summit and I went for a little while and I was talking to Josh one day and I was like man I I really want to like get into get on a worship team and I had looked at a few um, like crew and RUF and stuff yeah yeah Josh so Josh told Josh kind of heard me out and he he remembered it for a while and then Graham who Graham Petrie who was leading Tuesday Night Worship at the time um is friends with Josh and Graham had another guy lined up to come in my freshman year yeah to to help lead and the guy ended up like not being able to do it for some reason like I think he might have studied abroad or something gotcha and uh yeah I was like I was actually at the battle house (laughs) um (laughs) <laughs> I was the at pillar
0: the, of life at you yeah
1: I was at the battle house for like some event like a cookout or something and Josh is like hey man this is Graham he leads Susan at worship like you guys should talk and Graham Graham and I talked for a little while and uh he told me that he had that open spot and you know maybe we could like talk over lunch in Lenore one day and we did um we had like a really great time talking and uh that next Tuesday, he invited me to come practice with him and Elizabeth, which is the whole Tuesday Night Worship team hmm. at the time. Um, and uh, But he, did, he, he wasn't going to let me, no matter how good I was that Tuesday at practice, he wasn't going to let me lead. He wanted me to sit in the audience wow. and, and understand what it was like because I yeah. had no idea what I was getting into personally. Yeah. I mean, it's like when you lead at a church with sound equipment and stuff and like a full band, you, you might not even know that a thing like Tuesday Night Worship is a real thing. Wow! It, because it becomes like it's it's a really odd, like, off the grid type of worship. Yeah. Um,
0: Why is that? Tell us a little bit more about it. Yeah.
1: So it's it's just like, one or two acoustic guitars, no mics. No, nothing. Just you're yeah. singing with some acoustic guitars, and
0: and you're not even on a stage or anything, right? You're just it's in, it's in like front a tiny stage, piece. yeah. yeah.
1: Um, it's I mean, it's basically like the pulpit there. It's, yeah. it's not it's not a big stage or anything. It's it's actually only like probably like ten feet wide, mm. um, and yeah, so it it's just a lot different. I mean, mm. the, it's because it's a cathedral that holds like 300 people or so, yeah, maybe 350 people at the back cannot hear the guitar (laughs) after like 15 seconds yeah they're just singing because they know that the people in the front know what they're doing like it's it's a a really like it's a it's a very trusting experience between everybody Mm. Um, but yeah i was i was just completely taken aback by that first tuesday night worship Um, it threw me off but Within minutes, I was like, This is the most amazing thing I've ever experienced. Like, you know, a lot of times at churches, like, people feel uncomfortable singing Mm -hmm. around people. Yeah. And it is the exact opposite. People who come to Tuesday Night Worship know that the the sole purpose is they're going to sing seven songs with two Mm -hmm. or three hundred other people. Wow. And they're not even going to hear the. The, the music, the worship leaders, after like 10 seconds because they're gonna take over. Wow. And it's just like everybody's singing and like wow. it doesn't matter, you just sing. Yeah. Um, and that was just awesome. I remember like I had to take my phone out and like record a song. I think I still have it actually, but it was, I was like, like sending my mom afterwards. Um, yeah, and I started the next Tuesday. So, what do you think it is
0: that that brings people? To, to be able to engage with worship that way. Cause I mean, I know people who go to Tuesday night worship who do not sing very loudly yeah, yeah, yeah. when they're at crew or church or something. So, so what do you think it is about Tuesday night worship and, and the style of um, like worship leading that you try to cultivate that allows people to, to, to feel comfortable with like that kind of worship in God's presence?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, the best way I can put it is like Tuesday night worship isn't, what what brings people there is Tuesday Night Worship isn't a service in the, the sense that you're going to hear a sermon. Like, there's no... Uh, there's no denomination to Tuesday Night Worship. We're mm-hmm. held in an Episcopalian church and, mm-hmm. like, I currently lead on Sundays at a Baptist church. Yeah. Like, like, everybody's different. You know, Crew, RUF, Young Life, they all come to this. Yeah. Um, people who aren't in ministries come to this. And, like, they know that they're just going to hear songs. Yeah like they're they're not they're not here for a message because they're gonna get that like two or three times a week yeah. and they're gonna like a lot of them are gonna have small groups and stuff where they're gonna talk about the word mm. like they're gonna have that but they thankfully want this experience where they can just come and like sing and pray and be in their own bubble in you know a room of 300 people mm. with like and they're just with God and wow. you know like it's I, I personally believe that like God has been there every single Tuesday. I mean, it's just it, there's definitely like a, a different presence in the room. Mm. Um, yeah, and I mean, it's just it's it's so loud in there when everybody starts singing, especially on certain songs. Obviously, because people like some songs more than other songs. Um, it's so loud in there, like you don't have to worry about how you're singing. Mm. And and I try. My best to like, I'd I'd say at Tuesday Night worship, your role is to get the song started, to not mess up like the tempo or anything. Yeah. Get the lyrics right at the beginning of the sentence, and then pump up everybody yeah. and let just the like have take fun. Over. Yeah. Yeah, and just like dance around on stage, let people know that they're comfortable. Yeah. With doing whatever they want to do, and like, when I when I lead worship on Sundays, like, I usually feel a lot. I'm, like, a lot more conscious of my voice when I'm singing into a mic. Yeah. When I'm singing at a Tuesday night worship, like, I can yell. And if my voice breaks a little bit, like, I don't have to stop. Yeah. Because um, yeah. Wow. I'm just, I'm showing, I'm, I'm trying to show people that, like, just sing it out. Like, just it doesn't sing. matter, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Yeah. That's powerful. So in your article, you talk about the two different purposes of worship or the two different kind of angles that worship accomplishes. Um so what are those and would you explain those to us?
1: Yeah. So um I think I I think I wrote this in the article that there's there's two ways that that um worship plays out. Um and there's the uh the psalm definition I can't remember psalm
0: 98 I think.
1: Psalm 98 yeah yeah. which is Get loud, sing it out, mm. throw some stuff, yeah. clash on your cymbals and, you know, strum a guitar as loud as you can, beat on a drum, just have fun and yeah. like, just show God, like, I've, I'm i trying my best to understand wow. how amazing you are and I'm going to like dance around and, and sing as loud as I can because yeah. I'm so thankful for it. yeah, um, Like clap your hands, do whatever you want to do. um, Like that's that's the kind of worship that a lot of times is 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 more of like you telling god like i'm i there's no way for me to understand this and there's no way that i deserve this but i am like more thankful than even i can understand and i want to show you my gratitude mm. by singing and like praising you and the only way i know how to do it is to jump to around be loud and, and yeah, crazy and, and it's, yeah. to do things that like I would never do in public, yeah you know? yeah <laughs> um, yeah so the the other way that that worship is is accomplished is um, is best described through a uh, Charles Spurgeon quote where he said he said in a sermon that um, the act of worshiping is the highest elevation of the spirit and the uh, lowest lowliest prostration of the soul um, hmm yeah, she's a really powerful. Like I, I would have loved to. Have, oh my like, gosh! Actually, heard that sermon. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's it's just, it's it's kind of like I I draw back to that first time I heard how He loves, and like yeah. I had to sit down, and like take a minute because I, I couldn't stop myself from crying, and like. It's it's kind of the same thing as as the reason why we're jumping around. It's like. I I fully understand that I don't deserve this. Like I I did nothing to deserve this and no one yeah. that's come before me other than Jesus Christ deserves mm-hmm. any of this. But like you you gave me this love that is like radical and you know, unable to define mm. that it's it's so big and so amazing. that nothing on this earth has ever been like it. And like it it's it's like i got i got to cry because wow. i can't um i just don't deserve it and like you still gave it to me wow. um which it i mean it's kind of like a it's like a slap in the face and then an immediate <laughs> hug yeah you know <laughs> um <laughs> It's like you, like you can, you should try to be better, but you're never going to be good enough to actually deserve, yeah. this eternal love.
0: I feel like slap in the face and immediate hug should just be your title <laughs> for your article.
1: It's like Trent
0: Brown, slap in
1: the face and immediate <laughs> hug. Yeah, I mean, but it's just like it's such a good image. Yeah, but God brings you right back in, you know. Yeah. Wow. Um. Yeah, and I, I that, that Spurgeon quote
0: is powerful, especially considering that you know, he's speaking in 19th century England when worship was <laughs> sitting in a pew and like singing out of a hymn book, you know? And like, yeah. yeah, I mean, even, I mean, talk about like not having the technical proficiency with like light shows and sound equipment and like, you know, in, in those, I mean, have you ever like sat in a, I think you mentioned this a little bit in your article, but like you ever sat in like a traditional oh, worship yeah, service yeah. and like saying hymns and yeah, especially as a kid, it's so boring you know? exactly. and, and unemotional. Um, and even in even in that dynamic. Um, and some, for some people that is very
1: No, I mean dangerous. I've I've definitely met people that it's not so much that they like hate contemporary services, but they they get the same thing that we get out of mm-hmm. seeing out of a hymn book.
0: Yeah. Um, I, that's just another that's just another like signifier that the way that we worship God has very little to do with the mechanics and the techniques and yeah. the material, you know, because like if people can do it all different sorts of ways, mm-hmm. you know, with all different levels of proficiency, then there's something more going
1: on here. Yeah. Give me an organ. and. Uh... Right.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you, Trent, for visiting us and sharing some of your insights and wisdom. Um, everybody uh, go to Tuesday night worship and, <laughs> you know, worship with Trent and yeah. see what God is doing over there. Also, Trent makes music under the name Joshua in the Battle, and so uh, where, where can they find your music?
1: Yeah, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, okay, whatever okay. you use. I think tidal too.
0: Okay, I didn't know that is. <laughs> okay, so Joshua in the Battle, uh, everybody look that up, and we hope that you will stay in tune for future episodes of the podcast as we are kind of putting uh, some finishing touches on a lot of our articles. We're going to be interviewing more people in
1: a broad range of discussions, so stay tuned.